In writing a weird story, I always try very carefully to achieve the right mood and atmosphere and place the emphasis where it belongs. H.P. Lovecraft. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee S's. And I never said she stole your cookie. 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 This little thing is an acting exercise that I did a decade and a half ago, but it's an interesting study in emphasis. This particular sentence, I never said she stole your cookie, is one that you can emphasize each word and it changes the meaning of the sentence. When you're putting that in text, that means you're writing it with italics. I know this may seem like a strange topic to include in this series about leveling up your writing, but an author's use of italics has been a really clear indicator, at least in our experience, of their maturity in writing. It's very frequent that authors will use italics in a lot more things than they need to. They'll write down thoughts instead of showing us those thoughts. They'll put italics in words that don't need italics in order to emphasize something that is already naturally emphasized in the sentence. They'll use them incorrectly, and it's a big red flag to people who know what they're reading and know what they're talking about that you may or may not be as advanced. So when we're talking about leveling up your writing, one place you can start to focus is how you use italics. So think about that sentence we used. I never said she stole your cookie. If you emphasize too much, if you emphasize everything, then the whole sentence has lost meaning entirely. I never said she stole your cookie. I sound like a robot, but I am emphasizing every single word. If you overemphasize, if you overuse italics, it totally loses meaning. Because italics are used to communicate, not just emphasize certain words. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on fiction. Just want to make that clear. There are specific rules in nonfiction if you're writing essays for school. With fiction, it's more of an artistic choice, and that's more what we're focusing on today. In general, the rule of thumb is that if the reader can already figure out the emphasis without the italics, just don't use them. Save them for when they really matter. Just like H.P. Lovecraft says, you want to emphasize only the important bits. There are some ways to do it right, and that's what we're going to talk about next. The first is in dialogue. Like our acting exercise at the beginning of this episode, emphasizing a single word is a lot more powerful than emphasizing an entire sentence. So that is your general rule to follow when you're using italics within dialogue. A single word is the only thing that you're going to emphasize. If you're using italics about dialogue, it's usually going to be speaking another language. So if you have words in there that are in Spanish when the rest of your book is in English, you're going to italicize those words. The exception being words that English has adopted through, you know, theft and beating up other languages in back alleys and rummaging through their pockets. Those words that if they are widely known and widely used within English, you don't use italics on those. 
And when we say speaking another language, we use the term speaking loosely. I have several characters in my writing who sign. There aren't quotes around what they're saying, but what they're communicating through sign language is still in italics to make it clear all of this is being communicated with the sign language that they're doing. And going along with that, other ways of communicating with each other, unspoken dialogue, such as a look that said, shut up before I kill you. The shut up before I kill you is in italics rather than in quotation marks, so it doesn't get confused with something that was actually said out loud. There was one Reacher book that I read where he and somebody who used to be on his team were trying to draw out the bad guy in these fields in the Midwest. And everyone who was part of his team was familiar with their little chant, you do not mess with the special investigators. It became a chant between them. So as they're firing guns in the air, they're doing it to the rhythm of this chant. So instead of writing out the sounds, he wrote out the words in italics of the chant to show that they're doing this gun thing together. That is another use of using dialogue without using dialogue, and in that case, you're using it in italics. You can also place thoughts within italics. Be careful with this one. A lot of fiction is moving away from thoughts in dialogue because they're moving to limited third-person point of views where all of the narration is that person's thoughts regardless. So it just depends on what exact point of view you're using, whether it's third omniscient, third close, third limited, however that works for you. So just be careful with using thoughts in italics. It ends up looking more like telling than showing when you're putting thoughts in italics. I think maybe we should do this. Thoughts don't really work that way. They're much more erratic than verbalizing something. So unless you have a character who can read minds, and we want to know what somebody else is knowing, then minimizing your thoughts in italics will make your writing look more mature. You can also, with other forms of dialogue, I use this in my contemporary books to format text messages. So instead of having fancy formatting and fancy boxing for that, I just put it in italics because it's way easier to read on a page and to format for the final product than having to make it all fancy and look like a text bubble. The other place I see italics in writing that's done well is if every chapter has an epigraph. So a little quote from the researcher who's writing down the events of the story or whatever it is. Whatever that epigraph is, that little bit at the beginning of the chapter can also be in italics. When it comes to the use of italics, it is important to know how to use it because as we said at the beginning, it shows your maturity as an author. Overemphasizing, overusing italics is a really good way to turn a reader away from your book. For the most part, as a reader, italics are a distraction. So use it as sparingly as possible because every time that a reader sees italics, it reminds the reader that they're reading. Part of the using sparingly is to recognize what is naturally emphasized in a sentence. So a sentence like, I told you to let the dog out. There's not really many ways that you can say that that would be emphasized a different way, especially if you set it up correctly. Obviously, you can do, I told you to let the dog out, and you let out like the cat or something. 
But if you set up your sentence correctly, you don't need to emphasize the words. Emphasizing told with italics is one of those things that makes it look immature. Because I told you to let the dog out and I told you to let the dog out mean the same thing. Also, do not use italics to emphasize an entire sentence. And I'm going to extend this to all caps or using periods to break up every single word. Just don't use it. If you are trying to emphasize the entire sentence, set it up in a way that brings attention to it outside of the font formatting itself. We don't want to scare you away from using any italics ever, but they are definitely a form of communication. Like every tool in your toolbox as an author, italics are a way to communicate to your readers. Make sure you're communicating the right things to your readers. If you italicize the wrong words, if you distract them because you have too many, all of these things, you're communicating something to your reader. Is it what you want to communicate? Overemphasizing is like trying to use a hammer on a screw. It doesn't work well, and if you try it, you're just going to tear the wall apart. But if you use italics correctly, then you're actually drilling into the right places and in the right ways. So using those italics correctly is a way to show maturity in your writing. And we do have some exercises, some homework that will help you start to recognize how you're using italics and how you should be using italics. Your first part of this homework is to identify how often you italicize something and then look at the book you're reading. How often are they using italics? Are they about equal or are you using them more? Notice also when you're reading when they do and don't use those italics. Obviously, this is a little more difficult with audiobooks because audiobooks have a natural emphasis just speaking. But if you are reading a physical or ebook copy, pay attention to those details. The other option for your homework is, in my opinion, a little bit easier, and that's to write a story. A short story is fine, or novella if you get super into it where you intentionally use the italics in a unique way. The most recent book I published was linked, and you had two characters occupying the same body, and therefore they can communicate via thoughts to each other. That's a unique way to use italics. So what they're saying out loud versus what they're saying internally are italicized or not. And I bet that that really helped you limit how often you used italics outside of that because you didn't want it to be misconstrued for this communication. Very much so. So that is a good way for you to practice, to level up your writing by training yourself to use italics only when it matters. And that starts with writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 